Want to be a CEO? It's a tough mountain to climb. I'm finding out how to get there and what to do once you make it to the top. I'm Michael Thompson, and this is Three Peaks Leadership with Philip Levinson. One thing I've learned from doing this podcast is the importance of accountability. When you're the boss, the buck really does stop with you. But how exactly does that work? How are you supposed to know and be responsible for every little thing that's happening inside your company? That's where we're going today. I'm joined as always by Philip Levinson, CEO, CEO mentor, and the author of Three Peaks Leadership, How to Make It as a CEO and Beyond. Lev, g'day. G'day, Michael. We've talked a bit about accountability in the past, but just to go over some of the basics, when you're the CEO, what are you accountable for? Is it staff performance? Is it corporate governance? Is it financial factors or all of the above? Well, I'm glad you said all of the above because that was exactly the way I was going to answer the question. It is absolutely all of the above. But let's break that down a bit. Accountability means that at the end of the day, when something goes wrong, there is somebody who can put their hand up and say, this is on me and I will put in place the measures to address the issue and I'll also put in place measures to ensure that this issue doesn't happen again. But I, get, I think it goes deeper than that. And I think where you start, and we've talked about this before, is that the culture of the organisation starts at the top. If the CEO is absent from an accountability perspective or a notorious finger pointer, or a um, an ego on legs uh, that only manages up, then I think their time at the top has a finite period. How important is it there for staff to know that you have their back, that you're not going to be the one who throws them under the bus when something does go wrong? I think it's absolutely critical because mm. that's what they're looking for. I mean, you know, we're talking about human interaction. And uh, I think that entities that work best work on trust. And the trust is engendered by the fact that everybody knows that their boss and their boss's boss and ultimately the CEO has their interests at heart. And that is a message that the CEO needs to pass to their direct reports and their, their direct reports need to cascade down through the departments to their teams. And I suppose it would have to go both ways in a way, because you can't just have then everyone going, oh, well, the decision was made at the top. We don't really own it. We don't take any responsibility. There's a there's a culture of accountability, I suppose, collective accountability that would need to be developed within the company. That decision, absolutely. That decision made at the top and collective responsibility is absolutely critical. So, and I'll give an example of my own experiences. I would sit down with my senior team and we would address the issue at hand. And at the end of it, I would say, well, I've listened to what everybody said and I've done my own digging around and this is the way that we're going to go. This isn't a direct order. This is just a statement of fact. This is the way we're going to go. And by the way, this is a decision that is made collectively because you've all had input. Now, I might not have agreed or I might have agreed but not accepted your input, but at the end of the day, this is a collective decision. And when we leave this room... We all own this decision. So there's none of this, oh, I don't like the idea, but he made me do it, so uh, we've got to do it. Because all that does is confuse the team and dissipate the message. What do you do when that that kind of disunity does start creeping into it? I have to say that I had left a 
meeting room thinking naively that everybody was on on track early in my career and and I actually heard oh but that's a stupid idea and the res- to which the response was yes I know but Lev wants it so the person who who made that statement and I had a very full and frank discussion 5 minutes later and I literally said what part of we all own this didn't you get you had an opportunity to tell me you didn't like it you had an opportunity to get this thing to be rephrased you didn't take it I thought we'd agreed and I'm watching you. So just looking then in a bit more detail at the the idea of uh, everybody sharing this this responsibility. I suppose it needs to almost be a, a an environment then where it's okay to make a mistake as long as you are still working towards the the goal of the of the company. Something that I always learned was that if you made a mistake, own up to it quickly and that gives you the best chance of actually rectifying it the biggest problem was when you tried to cover it up and i suppose that is is linked to accountability in that you've got to be accountable for your own you do you do and and in again in in human terms we don't like being called out on a mistake but if you engender a culture where this is a no mistake culture that's a big mistake in itself because people by their very nature are going to make mistakes i'll give you an example of of um what i was taught when i was younger i used to water ski competitively in the uk and we had to train during winter and the rule was if you went into the water if you fell uh the boat would come and pick you up and stick you in the back of the boat and take you back to the dock because it was freezing cold and one day i was skiing well within my limits and i noticed the, uh, the the coach getting more and more frustrated until he actually stopped the boat and i sank and he came round and i said what's going on and he said you're not making any mistakes i'm freezing my ass off out here you're not making any mistakes you're not learning this is a waste of time get in the boat and i've always remembered that because it was thoroughly unpleasant but it really taught me that if you're not trying you're not making mistakes and if you're not trying and making mistakes then you're not growing and i think that's the same in organizations you need to give your people the right and ability to make mistakes to learn from them an environment where it's not you know endangering people if a mistakes made but one where you're constantly asked to keep trying to get better to get more effective at what you do which is taking a bit of risk and sometimes you won't get it right when those mistakes are made and it is covered up because there is a, a fear of getting something wrong the problem can compound and get and get worse have you ever seen in your corporate career incidents where things have been covered up where it might be financial something goes wrong early on the, the problem isn't declared when it when it should be and as a result it kind of spirals it sends a shiver down my spine but so we had a, an occupational health and safety issue where somebody fell off a roof and um that was a mistake and it was covered up so i didn't hear about it and a few weeks later i went to my board meeting and we went through the board report and one of the topics was occupational health and safety and they said do you have anything to report and i said no and we then told the stock exchange that we had nothing to report because nobody had told me we had a an issue the issue came to light a couple of months later that 
the incident had been recorded but not reported. So it had been written in a logbook, which is where, where it was ultimately found. But the person who'd written it hadn't thought to tell anybody. How did you find out? There was an internal audit going on. Right. And uh, so at that point, I was in a world of pain. I was in a world of pain with my board and I was in a world of pain with the Singapore Stock Exchange. And we had to recast what we'd said and it was hugely embarrassing and incredibly dangerous. And I said, at the end of the day, team, I go to jail. If a guy falls off a roof and it's and it's seen to be our fault and as an organisation we haven't put in place the measures to allow somebody to go safely onto the roof and he falls off or she falls off and, and is hurt or or killed, then it's my bad and I go to jail. So let's uh, put in place a culture of reporting and owning up to mistakes. Looking at another example then of that, and this is a an example from, from the news in the last 18 months or so, mining company Rio Tinto in 2020 blew up 46,000-year-old rock caves at the Yukon Gorge in, in Western Australia. They did have government approval to do it, but there had been multiple requests from the traditional owners of the land not to do it because of the cultural significance of the site. The blast went ahead and when it emerged publicly, there was, as you would expect, enormous amount of fallout for the company. Ultimately, the, the company announced that the CEO would step down and other executives would join him. The CEO didn't press the button to actually blow up that site, but he had to take responsibility. Why? That is a great example of mistakes that can't be made. There are certain, and I've said this before, endangering life, but there are certain mistakes you just can't make. And I don't want to sit in, in the CEO of Rio's shoes and cast aspersions, but this was a big enough issue. He knew about it. The board were aware of it. If they'd stopped taking a deep breath and thought about it and thought about the potential outcome from a reputational and risk perspective, then that wouldn't have gone ahead. They'd have done something completely different. And I do hope that that mistake, and it was a big mistake on many, many fronts, has encouraged both them and others to have that oh shit moment, which is imagine that we've blown up the caves. Imagine what the media and society is going to do to us. This is going, we're going to always be known as the guys that blew up those caves. Mm. And um, as a CEO, you know, you have, you have total responsibility for that you should have inculcated in your in your direct reports that kind of questioning or ability to question not only the financial but the social and other impacts of those actions and made sure they were self-regulated somebody in that chain of command should have said wait a second really we're going to blow up 46,000 year old aboriginal sacred sites and expect to get away with it on a future episode of the podcast, we're going to be speaking to former Westpac CEO, Brian Hartzer. Now, Brian resigned from his role with the bank in 2019 after steering the bank through the Royal Commission uh, into the sector, and then the political pressure got too much on him to stand down after Austrac charged the bank 
over 23 million counts of money laundering. It essentially forced him out. But running an organization like that, that is such a broad organization, and I suppose Rio Tinto is another example of that, there must be part of you when you are the CEO that's always in the back of your mind that at some point you could be required to be accountable for something that is so big that you will have to leave your job. Look, I, I mean, I'm flattered that Brian's agreed to come onto the to the show because I think he's a man of great honour. But the job must be like trying to steer an oil tanker with an oar <laughs> because, you know, it is. it has its own, the organisation has its own momentum. Mm. But again, you know, if you say to your teams and that message is dissipated down, we're all, we're all accountable for this, for our actions. So doing the right thing, whether you're the CEO of a bank or a teller, has to be inculcated into the culture. A final question, knowing that you are responsible for everything or rather accountable for everything that happens within the organisation, it must lead to a risk of micromanagement that if you want something done right or done in a way that you feel comfortable with being accountable for it, that you're going to have to do it yourself. Not necessarily doing it yourself, but, uh, and I, I was guilty of this, I assumed that uh, one section of the company was running well and I really didn't need to spend much time on them when I first joined the, the organisation uh, because I had other things that I needed to fix and they were, to my mind, more urgent. When I found that that part of the company wasn't running as well as expected, I did find myself having to roll my sleeves up, dive in and get personally involved. Now, one, that caused resentment in the department that I landed in. Two, it took my eye off other balls that were in the air. Some of them dropped. And three, at the end of the day, it was to a degree counterproductive because I had been seen to be a much more macro manager. And all of a sudden there I was in the weeds and no one really knew how to take it. So that caused considerable disquiet in the organization. So my advice would be have good people around you and make sure that they, they are accountable and responsible and only dive in when you absolutely have to. Uh, to me, it, it probably demonstrates something that we spoke about right back in our first episode, the almost overwhelming responsibility of holding the title of CEO. On that point, I would just say no one's, no one's making you do it. You accept the job, you accept what goes with it. It's a good point and a good place to leave it. Thank you very much for your company today. Make sure you've picked up your copy of Three Peaks Leadership, How to Make It as a CEO and Beyond from any site basically that sells books, uh, Booktopia, Amazon, Dimmicks. And if you haven't already, please hit follow or subscribe on the podcast so that you don't miss any of our episodes. And while you're at it, why not follow Philip Levinson on LinkedIn too? I'm Michael Thompson and this is Three Peaks Leadership with Philip Levinson. Thanks, Michael. Thanks, Michael.